Hey, Dada, how do you invest your money? That's a good question. This is the Understand Life Podcast, where we are helping you turn life into lessons. I'm your host, Leonard Neiman, and with me today I have... Alyssa Neiman. And... Malika Neiman. We're talking about money. Do you guys remember what we talked about last week? Uh, no. Then here's a quick recap of what we talked about last week. We haven't talked much about that savings category. It's just been sitting in your piggy bank, right? But today, we are going to be putting it into a bank account. The main things we're going to talk about are savings accounts, money market accounts, CDs, stocks, and bonds. A traditional savings account is the most safe and the most liquid, but normal savings account has less than 1% interest annually. A money market account works very similar to a savings account from your perspective. The difference has to do with how they use the money and where it goes and how much risk the institution can take with your money. Most money market accounts today are FDIC insured. So for all intents and purposes, you put your money in, you're going to get the defined interest rate. There are some money market accounts that pay out a significantly higher amount than a savings account. Our money market account interest rate is 2%. CDs as in certificates of deposit. There's a defined period, let's say one year. You go and you put your money in and one year from that day, it will come due. You can't take your money out before that one year is up. If you do, you don't get any interest and sometimes you even have to pay a penalty for taking it out, depending on the bank. But if you wait the full year, then you get a much higher interest rate than you would get on your savings account. I found some CDs that were in the 3% range right now, which is way more than a savings account. Do you know what inflation is? No. Inflation makes things cost a little bit more. For what? For everything. In America today, we have inflation rates that are usually under or around Mm. 3%. You generally want an interest rate that is higher than inflation. Compound interest is if you leave it in there, then it gains interest on the interest, which means you end up with more money than just the street percentage. Ah, now I get it. So the way a bond works is that we'll say I'm a corporation. Hi, corporate. Hi, and I need some money. Oh, I'm not going to give you money. But I want your money. (laughs) So what if I pay you some interest? Then will you give me money? Yes. Okay, great. Traditional bonds have a coupon amount of $1,000. There's also something that's called, quote, baby bonds, and those usually have a coupon amount of $25. Are they for babies? No, but they're for people that don't have (laughs) $1,000. Oh, like me. The higher the rate, the higher the risk. Yes. a, A corporation is not guaranteed by the federal government to repay. So when you're lending them money as a bond, you are a lender. And you're saying, I will let you borrow my money. Only if you give me my money back. If you give me my money back with these terms and at this interest rate. 
But if that company goes bankrupt, you might not get all your money back. There's less risk involved with bonds than there is with stocks. One is that there's guaranteed terms. The second is if the company goes bankrupt, stockholders don't get anything, but bondholders do because they're a lender. Any assets that the company has are sold and the proceeds from that sale are first given to bondholders. A lot of bonds are traded. Initially, the company will say, give me $1,000 and I will pay you 7.25% interest, let's say. But then after a while, interest rates fall. And now in the market, other companies are offering only a 6% interest rate. You could sell your bond to someone else and get them a net rate of about 6 or maybe a little more than 6%. And they might pay you more than $1,000. A stock is... A portion of a company. Let's say there is a company out there and that company has a million shares of stock. If you buy one share of stock, you own one one millionth of the company. Whoa, that's a lot now. <laughs> that's not a lot, but it is something. You own a piece of that company. Stocks are considered the riskiest of investments. And the reason is because you own that company, but you don't control that company. So you don't get to make many decisions. If the company does well, that stock price might go up and you might get dividends and lots of good money things happen. But if the company does poorly, the stock price will fall. And then, then it won't be worth And it. then it could fall all the way down to zero or you might sell it before it hits zero. But is that how you make money? No. 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 That's how you lose money. Stocks on average go up, but any individual stock may or may not go up. Traditionally, how companies have worked is that they would do stuff, they'd make profit, and then they'd give that profit back to their owners. And giving that profit back to their owners is called a dividend. That brings me to mutual funds. Most financial advisors advise that individuals don't buy too many individual stocks because there's more risk with an individual company that the CEO or whatever makes a bad decision and that company goes down and you lose money, even though the whole market did just fine. So the recommendation is you buy a big group of stocks. If you have a ton of money, you can make your own mutual fund by just buying a lot of different individual stocks that essentially make up your own market of what you think is going to do well. But if you don't have enough money to buy many shares in many different companies, then you probably shouldn't. There's a lot of different kinds of mutual funds. Traditional mutual funds are actively managed where there's a single person that does, I think this is going to do well, and they I buy stock there. There's also what's called index funds, which is where the manager doesn't make any decisions. They just go, this is the Fortune 500. This is the Russell 2000. This is the whatever I buy those things. And then however that does, that's how the fund does. There's also bond funds where instead of having stocks, it has bonds in the mutual fund. A stock mutual fund is still considered generally a little more risky than a bond mutual fund, right? Or than bonds would be. And all of those are more risky than, say, a money market fund. The next question is, how do you guys want to spend your money in your piggy bank? We're going to count out exactly how much you college. have. College. College. You want to pay for college. Great. How do you want to store your money to get interest until you go to college? I want to... Do you want to keep it in your piggy bank forever? Yes. Yeah, and get 0% interest? No. Okay. You want to do more than that? Yes. Okay. I want to put it in that, that thing where you can put it in it, and then you get some money back. Yeah. What do you want to do with your money? So there's the lowest risk options, right? The lowest lowest is the savings account. 
Yeah, that's kind of what I want. And then there's a money market account, which has practically the same risk, but higher interest rate. That one. Then there's a CD, which gets an even higher interest rate, but you have a limitation that you can only pull it out at certain times. But if you're saving for college, maybe that's okay. Because yeah. then next after CD are bonds. You're going to get a higher interest rate there, but you have a little bit more risk because there's always the possibility that the company goes bankrupt. But if you get a bond fund, so not an individual bond from one company, but a fund of bonds, a whole bunch of different bonds, your risk of having a company not pay back is really diminished. That is a higher interest rate than a money market account or a CD and relatively low risk. Or the next is stocks, where you're likely to get the highest interest rate. Oh, I didn't talk about this with stocks or bonds. A normal interest rate return for bonds is in the 6% range, okay. which is quite a bit more than inflation, right? Mm -hmm. Over time, you will actually make money compared to inflation with that interest rate. A normal amount for stocks is, depending on how risky you want your stocks to be, somewhere in the 8 to 10% range. So let's call it 9%. Okay. If you invested now, will you get 9% in a year? Probably not. You'll probably either get more or you'll get less with stocks. I want more. Well, <laughs> you don't get to pick. <laughs> Would you like to lose money or make money? I pick make money. <laughs> yeah. But over time, stocks will make more on average. But you don't know whether it'll be this year or the next year or the year after that. Let's do the math a little bit. So how many years do you have until you're out of college? Okay, guys, can you help me? I'm in third How long grade. Does it take to get your master's degree. <laughs> your master's degree depends which degree it is, but let's say it's only two extra years to get a master's plus your four undergrad. So it'd be six years after you're 18 would be out of college then if you're talking master's so, degree. Three, 24. 24 years? No, 14. you'll be 24 years old? Yes. Yes. And how old are you now? Uh, 10. 10. So you've got 14 years, right? Yeah. Okay. So let's pretend that you have $100. I know you have more than $100, but yeah. let's say you had $100. Okay. If you put it in a CD, they got 3%, then you are keeping up with inflation, right? We said, let's pretend there's an inflation rate of 3%. If you have $100, to figure out how much it would cost in tomorrow's dollars, in 14-year dollars, you can calculate out the inflation rate. So if we do 1.03, that's 3%, for 14 years, that means it's roughly $150. Something that costs $100 today, so $100 worth of college today, will cost you at least $150. College actually has been going up at greater than inflation, so let's not say college, but $100 of an average product out there today in 14 years will cost you $150. What about 15 years? Okay, we're just going to go with 14. It's close enough okay, for both of you. If you put your money in a CD, okay. and it got 3% interest rate, you put $100 in today, in 14 years, how much are you going to have? Would it be 100 times 3%? Yeah, 100 times 3% per year for 14 years. Okay, so that means okay, so 300 that... times 14. No. no. It would oh, be yeah. 3 times 100. No, so it's 1.03 times 1.03 times 1.03, 14 times. Okay, I'm just going to give you the answer. You don't have to do the math. It comes out to being $150. Okay, so something that would cost $100 today would cost $150 then. And if you put $100 into a CD today, 
it would be worth $150 then. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. That's what you think you want to do? Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Let's move on to the next one. Bonds. So bonds, let's say we can get a 6% rate. In 14 years, if you put $100 into that, you would have almost $250. So we have $100 more? Yeah. So in, instead of just being able to buy something that would be worth $100 today, you would be able to buy that plus have an extra $100. That would be great. Okay. That sounds great, right? And bonds are relatively low risk. Is there some risk? Yes. yes. Is it more risk than a CD? Yeah. But it's considered relatively low risk because you can just buy a bond and that's what we would do. We would buy actual bonds for you guys that are at a certain coupon rate and you would just get that interest rate. No, I still want to see. The third option, we're going to say stocks could get about 9%. So at 9% for 14 years, that $100 would turn into almost $335. You'd be able to buy two things that were worth $100 today. Each would be $150 and that'd be $300. Plus you'd have an extra $34 left over. Well, that'd be great, but the risk's very high. But the risk is higher, yes, with yeah, stocks. CD. You're a low risk CD person, huh? Yes. Okay, what do what? you think, Malachi? Um, I actually think I want the second one. Which one's the second one? The bond fund? Yes. You're going to go with a little lower risk than stocks, but, you know, kind of in the middle. That's what you're thinking? Okay, interesting. So that's fine. I'm going to let you guys pick today what you want to do. Over time, you will potentially change that perspective. I don't like to take a lot of risks. I'm aware. So, like, <laughs> in our fort over there where there's the water before, I fell in once. That's the only time I fell in. Mm-hmm. And that was just a month ago. <laughs> We've lived and in this I, for, like, three years. And he fell in, like, maybe 20 times. Yeah. <laughs> You're taking a little more risk. Yeah. 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 I obviously cannot guarantee that you will get a return, like I talked about, if you put into stocks. But the historical rate is that stocks have outperformed bonds on pretty much any seven-year period. So if you're going to be doing something for more than seven years... I am. Yep. We're looking at 14 years, which is a long time. Right? Which is two seven years. Yeah. Uh, no, he's looking at Then you're practically guaranteed that stocks are going to outperform bonds. Your risk is extremely low. Any given year, your risk with stocks is a lot higher than bonds. So if you needed the money in a year... Put it in stocks. You should not put it in stocks because you might lose it. You might lose some. Like you put it in a stock mutual fund, let's say. You would not lose all of it, but you could lose some money. You might not make interest on it. If you're going to have it for a year, you you probably want to put it in a CD. That's a great spot to put something for a year. Tell them that you will only lend them this money if you have the money ready. Yeah, so a CD, you can make the contract where it's, I need it in one year or I need it in 18 months. I want an 18-month CD. Here's the interest rate I can get. Okay, I'll take it. Or, okay, I won't take it. But if you're going to have money for more than seven years, or it depends on who you ask, some people might say more than 10 years, either way, we're in that ballpark, right? 14 years is more than 10. Then on each individual year, you might lose money, but over the those 14 years, it's very, very, very unlikely that you will end up having less money than if you had put it in a CD. The okay. statistical norm would be that you'd have about the 330, like I said. You might have more, you might have less. 
Now that I've talked about it more, which one are you still leaning towards? Um, I still think... The bonds. You still want to do a bond. You want to do bond fund? Something, whatever. Something with bonds. So the risk is lower. So the risk is lower, but it's a greater than inflation interest rate. Mm -hmm. And Alyssa, you just want to CD outdo inflation. Yeah. Okay. Wait, so what does the one I... I do not like to take risks. So I know, like, high interest, not very much... Well, not higher than some of the other ones, but still low risk, yes. That's what you want. And that's a CD. That's what a CD is. It's very low risk, like pretty much no risk, but one of your highest interest rates, generally speaking. And mine is like... Bond is uh, considered to be medium risk, much lower than stocks, but medium return, right? Higher than inflation, but lower than stocks. That's what you want? Mm, You're going to go with low risk? I'm surprised. I'm a stock guy. I have very little invested in bonds. We have some money in our money and market account, which is what we consider liquid. It's not really investment. It's a savings. Wait, is it a liquid? Actual liquid? (laughs) Sorry. The term liquid when it comes to money means something that if I needed the money tomorrow, I can write a check and get it. It's liquid. As in, it's not solidified. If I buy a stock, I might not want to sell it tomorrow because it might have gone down. There's fees associated with selling. Not that the fees are that high, but... There are small fees that are associated with buying and selling. So if you've already purchased it, you would have paid the fee there. When you sell it, you'd pay another fee. It's not a lot. It's a small fee. Data is more of the, as long as it's going to be a long time period, greater than 10 years, the math comes out, I'm going to be better off doing stocks. And so I'm willing to what's called buy and hold. You buy the stock, you don't look at it, and 10 years later, you look at it and go, oh, wow, I did really well. That is a buy and hold strategy, and in that greater so than ten years, you have year, to do that. You have to put it in, and then ten years later, you have to say, "Oh wow, I did great." No, you don't have to. But where people get in trouble is where they put money in, and then they look at it every month, and then when they see that they've lost a lot of money, they get scared, and then they pull it out. And that's the exact opposite of what you want to do, because that's doing what lose money. So you don't want to do that. That's why the general strategy for people that aren't going to be savvy to just buy, not look at it, and look at it again in 10 years. Yeah, I do want to do the second choice, actually. (laughs) You're going to do stocks? Okay. Is stocks do stocks? Stocks has the highest risk. You can lower that risk by doing a mutual fund if you want, or you can buy individual stocks. Stocks is where you buy part of a company. Where you own part of a company. Now, there's two ways to lower your risk in stocks. The first way is what most financial advisors advise for people, what's called diversify. Do you know what that means? Yep. No. Diversify is what you do with a mutual fund, which is where you buy more than one stock. You buy a little piece of a bunch of different stocks so that if one company does poorly, it doesn't really hurt your overall portfolio as value. The second is what... Warren Buffett is famous for saying is put all your eggs in one basket and watch that basket. They're very specific about where they invest their money. I'm going to invest in this company because I've done so much research on that company. I know it's going to outperform the market. I know it's going to do really well. Is that you guys? Yeah. No, it's not even me. Okay. I don't do that. I could, but I don't. But I want a CD. (laughs) If you just want a CD, it's really not a problem. When I was your age, I got a CD, 
And for a kid, that's considered pretty financially savvy because most kids have their money in a piggy bank or, at best, a savings account, which gets almost nothing, right? Where did you end up, Malachi? Do you want to do bonds? Do you want to do stocks? I want to be doing bonds, actually. Do you want to do bonds? Okay. Do you want to do individual bonds or do you want to do a bond fund? Bond fund. Bond fund. Now you guys know a lot more about what your savings should be doing, what the options are, and... You've made an informed decision, right? Yep. yep. Okay. You good to go? Put your money somewhere? Yeah. Uh, first, I have to count it, but yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Uh-huh. Let's do it. Thanks for listening. We've already had people ask what they can do to help us. Right now, the number one thing we need is listeners. So that means having you continue to listen, which I hope you just want to do because you liked it. And telling others about the podcast. That is what we want most of all. But if you're looking to help us out financially, that would be really, really awesome. You can do that by becoming our patron at Patreon. For those of you who hadn't heard of Patreon, it's a website that helps us as creators to engage with our supporters and receive your financial support. You can get there by going to patreon.com slash understand life. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash, all one word, understand life. Thank you so much for your support. Also, if you're telling people about the podcast and they don't know how to listen to podcasts, you can have them go to our new website, understandlifepodcast.com. That will redirect them to our old website, which is leonardneeman.com slash podcast. Anyone can listen to the episodes there, and we'll let you know other ways to listen, too. I could tell my friends, yeah, I keep my money in a CD. They'll be like, what? Yeah, I did that, and I didn't remember what it stood for, certificate of deposit, and I got made fun of when I was in seventh grade. Okay, I said, oh, I've got my money in CDs, and they're like, you bought a CD collection? You think you're going to make money off of that? Good luck with that. I'm like, no, you don't understand. I bet they did understand. No, they didn't understand, because have you heard of a CD before this? I've heard of a CD CD. Yeah, like a compact disc CD you've heard of, but not a certificate of deposit. (laughs) No, you should say, I keep my money in a COD. Yeah, COD. Certificate of deposit. COD. And then you're going to say, wait, you keep your money in a codfish? (laughs) In a codfish. (laughs) Why would they say that? Exactly. COD, cod. Certificate of deposit. (laughs) Either way, someone's probably going to make fun of you. Okay. Okay. Thanks for listening. Until next time, this is Leonard Eman. Alyssa Eman. And Malachi Neiman, out! (laughs) (laughs) We hope now that you understand. understand.